0: not as many people as there is usually, so you're going to have to be double loud tonight in your response. Second Corinthians 3, and we're going to start in verse 17. Now tonight, uh, we're going to be preaching a message about worship. Uh, we've been doing a series at the Quarry called Major Keys and talking about the subject of worship, and so uh, we're going to preach one of those messages to you tonight, and also just so you guys know, next Thursday... Not this Thursday, next Thursday. Uh, We're going to be having a worship night at the quarry. And the whole church is invited to the quarry next Thursday. Now, not every week, but next Thursday, everyone is invited for a worship night. So, uh, big service comes to the quarry next Thursday for a worship night. It's probably going to be about an hour long. And it's just going to be worship. And you guys are invited to that. So, that is the last Thursday of this month. Um, so we'll probably send out an email about that soon, just so everybody knows about it. But you are invited to the quarry. I know some of you have been trying to sneak in for years. Here's your opportunity. You have an invite next Thursday. So Second Corinthians 3, in verse 17, it says, Now the Lord is the Spirit, and where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty. But we all with unveiled face beholding as in a mirror the glory of the Lord are being transformed into the same image from glory to glory just as by the Spirit of God. But notice, but we all with unveiled face beholding as in a mirror the glory of the Lord are being transformed into the same image from glory to glory just as by the Spirit of the Lord. So tonight, if you're taking notes, we're going to talk about you become what you worship. You become what you worship. Now, let's look over at Romans 1. Romans 1, and we can go home right there after you heard that quote. We become what we worship. Romans 1, and we're going to start in verse 22 in a moment. Romans 1 and 22. So, we're talking about worship tonight, and uh, let me talk to you with fresh ears. Everybody got fresh ears tonight? It'll probably be a little bit different than what you expect me to say about worship. So let's listen up, enter in, respond, lean forward, act like you're interested, because you are. And um, we're going to talk about worship here. So first of all, before we read in Romans 1.22, you need to realize man, mankind is all worshipers. Every person on the planet is a worshiper. God created mankind to be a worshiper. So everybody that we know, we come across, even the people that say they don't believe in anything, they don't believe in God, they are a worshiper. Now the question is not if you are a worshiper, it's who or what are you worshipping. That's the question. It's not if you're a worshiper or not. No, you're worshipping something. And Romans 1, 22 through 25 explains that. Romans 1, 22 says, Professing to be wise, they became fools. And they changed the glory of the incorruptible God into the image of uh, man. Into like birds and four-footed animals and creeping things. Verse 24. Therefore God has also given them up to uncleanness and the lust of their hearts to dishonor their bodies among themselves. Now this is a key verse. Verse 25. Who exchanged notice the truth of God for the lie. And they worshipped and served the creature rather than the creator who is blessed forever. Amen. Notice they worship the creature or they worshiped creation or created things more than the creator. So we see here that there is two different options. There's not multiple options here. It's just two. There's not, there's not four different ones. There's not six different ones. There's not ten different ones. There's two options that all of mankind is in. They're either worshiping the creator or they're worshiping the creation. Or created things. And notice it says in verse 25 that they exchanged the truth of God for the lie. I find that's interesting. So everybody on the planet either believes two things, the truth of God or a lie. There's no middle ground. Either people believe the truth of God, which comes from the Word of God, Or they believe a lie. And how many we know tonight that there is billions of people tonight that believe a lie, not the truth of God's word. And that's why they're worshiping things other than the true God. They're worshiping things that are created. They're worshiping creation, but they're not worshiping the creator because they have believed the lie more than the truth of God's word. I love how God just breaks it down like that. It's real simple. Everybody's in two categories here. And we see that everybody's a worshiper, everybody's worshiping something. And so everybody's worldview is either the truth of God, which comes from the word of God, or their worldview is based off of a lie. There's a lot of people that believe lies, you know, the people that are committing those crimes and terrorism, ISIS and other uh, people like that, they believe a lie. That's why they do those things, but they really believe it. But it's still a lie. But they think it's the truth of God, and it's not. There's so many people in in educational institutes all over the world that think they're so smart, and they're smarter than God, and they're smarter than the Bible, and they're smarter than everybody else. And you know what? Their worldview is a lie. Because it's not based off the truth of God's Word. And you know what? They worship things, even though they say there's not a God. They worship themselves. They worship their brain. They worship the amount of books that they've written. They worship... Things that are created, not the creator. And so we see that everybody believes the truth of God and we get the truth of God from the word of God. Or we believe a lie. And if we believe a lie, we're going to worship something other than God. We're going to worship something that's created or his creation. So, let's go to Romans 12 and verse 1. You guys still here so far? Can we teach a little bit tonight? Romans 12 In verse 1. So, when we talk about worship tonight, you need to think bigger than what we just did for a couple minutes. Worship is so much more than what happens on Sunday morning for 15 minutes. Or what happens on Tuesday night for 15 minutes. It's bigger than that. And worship is so much more than you bowing down to something. Worship is more than you just raising your hands and singing a song. Worship is bigger than that. And the Bible says that worship is bigger than that. A lot of Christians especially, we put worship in this little tiny box, and it's so much bigger than that. Because worship is not a moment, it's a lifestyle. Worship is not a moment, it's a lifestyle. Now that's point one, if you were taking notes. Worship is not a moment, it's a lifestyle. And if we miss that, then we're not a real worshiper. You realize if you only worship God on Sunday and not the rest of the week, you're not a worshiper. Because worship involves your spirit, your soul, and your body. You worship whatever, whoever has your heart. You worship whoever has your time. You worship whoever has your money. I'm preaching tonight. I don't know if you heard me on a Tuesday night. Whoever has your thoughts, that's who you worship. So worship is so much bigger than you sing in 15 or 20 minutes with your hands lifted up or you bowing down. Worship is your lifestyle. That really reveals to all of us what we really worship. And if we can be honest, a lot of times it's not God. And we could trick ourselves into thinking just because we're at church and we do worship for a couple of minutes here and there that we're really worshipers of God. But if we don't give Him our heart... Our thoughts, our time, our money, and our whole life, we're not a real worshiper of God. We're worshiping other things. Notice, either creation or created things. Now, Romans 12, in verse 1, it says, I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, notice that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God, which is your reasonable service. In other translations, it says that you presenting your bodies to God, a living sacrifice, is your reasonable act of worship. Translation, if you realize that God has given you everything, it's not a big deal to give everything back to Him. He says it's reasonable. Meaning somebody with, a, with half of a brain. Can understand if you have any reasoning power whatsoever, you could understand if God has given me everything, I can give him everything back in return. It's my reasonable, not extravagant, not extraordinary, it's my reasonable act of worship to give everything back to God as a living sacrifice. It's reasonable. And so, a reasonable act of worship to God is to give everything back to Him—not just a couple minutes on Sunday and a couple minutes on Tuesday. It's bigger than that. Now, in a moment, we're going to read Romans twelve one in the message, and it's going to come alive even more than what I'm saying right now. But realize, worship is not a moment, it's a lifestyle. It's the way we live. It's the way we talk. It's who has our heart, who has our time, who has our money, who has our thoughts. That's what we really worship. Now, this is something that we're really good at, especially in the Western world. We compartmentalize our life into different categories. God never meant us to compartmentalize our life. So this is what happens. Okay, Sunday, you'll give it to God. is the Lord's day. Monday, Work is your God. Tuesday, sports is your God. Wednesday, your girlfriend or boyfriend is your God, or your husband or wife. Thursday, the basketball game on TV is your God. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Then the next day, shopping is your God. We get to Saturday, that's family day. Family is your God. And then we get back to Sunday. Okay, God, here we go. Let's do this again. And we wonder why we don't make progress. Because we're trying to put God in a little box. And God doesn't want to be in a box. He wants to have all of our life, Monday through Sunday, not just a couple moments here and there. And we need to stop compartmentalizing our life and keeping God out of certain areas. He wants to be involved in every part. And if we really worship God, we'll let him be in every part. Now, he knows, don't get me wrong, he knows that you have a job. He knows that you have a family. He knows you have kids. He knows you have responsibility. He knows that, you know, you want to have fun. You want to do these things. Nothing is wrong with that. But you need to realize that even though nothing is wrong with that, you can still involve him in every part of your day. He's not expecting you to be on your hands and knees singing worship songs every hour of the day, crying and weeping and reading your Bible 24-7. God is not expecting that of you. He's not, but he is expecting to be a part of every part of your life. He is expecting for you to worship him with everything you do and not put him in this box that we keep him in when we come to church because that's not real worship. You hear me tonight? He wants to have all of your life, not just a part. And we miss it when we put God in just one part and not give him everything. And realize we're the ones missing out, not God. When I say stuff like that, people think, you know, well, God's out to get me and God's mad at me and God doesn't like me if I don't give him everything. We're the ones missing out from the life he wants to give us. Now, notice this in the message. You can write uh, this down to read later. Romans 12, 1. It explains it so well. He says, so here's what I want you to do. God helping you take your everyday, ordinary life you're sleeping, you're eating, you're going to work, you're walking around, and place it before God as an offering. Embracing what God does for you is the best thing you can do for Him. Notice how He breaks that down. How do you worship God with your everyday life? You give Him your sleeping, your eating, your going to work, your walking around, your hobbies. And you place it before God as an offering. Embracing what God does for you is the best thing you can do for him. So what does that mean during the week? Well, it means this. It's not really a big deal. We make it too too much of a big deal. If you're going to work on your way to work, instead of turning on the radio and listening to nonsense, which there's a lot of nonsense on the radio, especially if it's talk radio, why would you do that to yourself right now, especially... On your way to work, this is what you can do. it would take less than a minute. You can say, God, I'm about to go to work. I want to worship you with what I do today. You've given me this ability. You've given me this grace. You've called me to do this. Father, help me to be the best employee I can be. Help me to worship you with how I act today, how I talk today, what I do today. Let it bring glory to you. That's worshiping God in your everyday life. Before you eat, pray over your food and say, God, I thank you that I have food today. There's billions of people that don't. That's worshiping God with what you eat. It's simple. We make it too complicated. That's how you get. You need to involve God in every part of your life. When you're about to go enter into a hobby or you got something fun, you're about to go do. Realize that not everybody on the planet gets to do that. Thank God for a moment that you have the ability and the money and the finances and the health to go do something fun. And say, God, you know what? I'm about to go have fun. You've given me this. you blessed me with this. Father, I thank you for that. You're worshiping God right at that moment. And when you're about to take that big old fat nap you're about to take, it's just going to be a huge nap. When you're about to go to sleep, say, God, I thank you for sleep. I thank you for this bed. I thank you for my blankie. I thank you that I have a place to lay down in safety and sleep. That's worshiping God with your sleep. Can you worship God with your sleep? Yes, you can. Some of you have been practicing too much on worshiping God with your sleep. So we need to realize if we're going to be real worshipers, worship is not a moment, it's a lifestyle. Did you get anything so far? Let's go to 2 Corinthians 3. 2 Corinthians 3. You ever taken a fat nap? It's kind of like a cat nap, just on another level. 2 Corinthians 3. I don't know. Eating too much can cause that also, yeah. Second Corinthians 3. So we want to talk about, on this point, you become what you worship. You become what you worship. Now, worship in the Bible is mentioned a whole lot. And we see that in the Bible, it talks a lot about this word idolatry. Now, idolatry is a very Old Testament word. A lot of people don't know what that is in 2016. Now, just because we don't make golden calves and bow down to them doesn't mean we don't worship idols. Did you know that? Just because you're not serving false gods and bowing down to a statue doesn't mean you're not an idol worshiper. Now, it talks a lot in the Bible about worship and idolatry, which worship is true worship to God. Idolatry is worshiping something other than the true God. So idolatry is anything other than God that we worship. Now, why does God... Go so hard on people that worship other things. You see in the Old Testament, he is ticked off every time somebody tries to worship something other than him. There's a reason for that. Now, God is not insecure. Hello, somebody. Are we here tonight? God is not insecure. God is not afraid. Just because you worship something else, you're just going to leave him and forget about him because he's not that good and wonderful. No, God realizes, because he made you this way, whatever you worship, you will become like. So that's why God wants you to worship him, because then you'll become like him. But if you worship something other than him, you're going to become something you don't want to be. Are you here tonight? So many times in the Old Testament, they would start worshiping different idols and different gods who weren't alive. And you know what God would say about them? You're just like your idols because now you become lifeless. Are you here tonight? You become just like this idol. This idol cannot hear. This idol cannot speak. And notice many times he said you are deaf and dumb and stiff-necked. Why? Just like that idol that they're worshiping. And they became like what they were worshiping. Now, they didn't physically turn into a golden statue, but they became like what they were worshiping, which was deaf and dumb and stiff-necked and lifeless. So they became like what they worshiped. You guys glad to be in Portland Bible College tonight? Okay. Good thing I still remember this stuff. This is good. We become what we worship, though. Are you following me tonight? So God doesn't say it out of selfish reasons. He says it because he wants you to become like him, not something else. That you're, trust me, you're not going to want to turn into. But you are if you focus and worship something else other than God. Let's read 2 Corinthians 3.18. 2 Corinthians 3.18, it says, But we all with unveiled face beholding as in a mirror the glory of the Lord, are being transformed, notice, into the same image from glory to glory. Now I want to deal with this because he says, whatever you behold, you will become. Follow me here. Whatever we behold, or we could say whatever we look at or focus on, we will become like. Whatever we behold, we will become. And that's more than just physically your eyeballs looking at something. He's talking about everything. Whatever you behold, whatever you focus on, or whatever you magnify, that's a a word from the Old Testament. He says, magnify me, not something else. Because whatever you focus on, God knows you will become like. I love this quote, and this was actually from a book I read about worship. It says, whatever you worship, you will resemble, either for ruin or for restoration. Whatever we worship, we will resemble either for ruin or for restoration. So if we worship something other than God, our life will end up ruined. And we will resemble that. But if we worship God, notice we will resemble restoration. And our life will be restored. So whatever we focus on, we will become like. Now the Bible confirms that. It says, when we look or behold Jesus we are going to be transformed into that same image. Or we're going to become just like Him. So the more we focus and worship God, we become like Him. And how many know we want to become like God, not other things? We could all say we want to become like Jesus. How do you do that? You worship and focus on Him and nothing else. And the more you do that, notice it says the Spirit of God will transform you into that same image. You hear me tonight? So whatever we focus on, that's what we will become like. Now, we all know this. I didn't have to quote a verse to you for you to understand this. We all know that everybody on the planet, you know, whatever they focus on or whatever they're consumed with, they will become like. It's a principle. Because we become what we behold. Now, Not too long ago, uh, there is a guy on TV, you probably heard of him, Dr. Drew. Dr. Drew is like a Hollywood psychologist. And he had a show called Celebrity Rehab. I do not recommend you watching that because it's messed up. But he was showing people in Hollywood who used to be something and aren't something. And they were dealing with drug addiction, with all sorts of stuff. And it was super, it was just super sad and discouraging to watch. But he's a Hollywood psychologist, so he deals with people who have a lot of money, have a lot of fame, but they're hurting, and they're broken. And they realize, once they got all that, even more than people that don't have anything, that that's not the answer. And so actually, they're more depressed and more anxious because they've got everything that the world has to offer, and they're still not happy. But he wrote a book called The Mirror Effect, He wrote a book called The Mirror Effect. And I don't know if he's a Christian or not, but the principles in this book are scriptural principles. And he talks about that in our society today, with so many reality TV shows, the culture is changing because people are focusing on people on reality TV, which you know are not healthy people, are not godly people, They don't have good marriages. They don't have good children. They don't have good jobs. They don't have a sound mind. And he was saying that our culture is so obsessed with celebrities and reality culture that they are becoming like them because they're focusing on them. And if you're feeding reality TV into your heart and mind 24-7, you're going to become like them whether you want to or not, because whatever you behold, you become. Are you hearing me tonight? And you say, well, I don't watch reality TV show. That goes for anything. Whatever we see, whatever we hear, whatever we're putting into our system, the people we hang out, the more we focus on the wrong things, we will become like them. Because whatever we behold, we will become like. And so this man, even though... I don't know if he's a Christian or not, but this man, he really wants to help people. He said, Our whole culture has shifted and turned so much because people are focusing on the wrong examples. And so then they're becoming like them. Now, you guys probably didn't watch this show. You shouldn't have watched this show. Jersey Shore. Okay, Jersey Shore. Let me wrap it up to you. Uh, the, the highlight of their life in their year was gym, tan, and laundry. That was it. That, that was all their life was. And they were amazed that people all over the country were being assessed, obsessed with gym, tan, and laundry. After watching the show so much, you say, well, that's dumb. But people are doing it because whatever you focus on enough, you will become like Why is there so many people trying to get plastic surgery? Trying to change the way they look. So obsessed with that because they see that and they hear that constantly. So whatever you focus on, you will become like. You know, we need to be careful what we focus on. We need to be careful who are examples in our lives. Because we're going to become like it. Because that's what we worship. We will become like what we worship. Now, I, I said this at the core the other week, but I want to say it tonight. I'm not legalistic about this stuff, but you need to hear me out. You can't just listen to trash and music all the time and expect your life to go the right direction. And you could say all day, and I love music because I play music and I've sang for a long time. I love music but you can't listen to lyrics that are talking about completely opposite of what the Bible says and expect you to have a sound mind. It doesn't work because you're going to become what you're listening to. Whether you want to or not, you're still going to become like it if you're constantly putting that in your head and you're wondering why you're having the thoughts you have and you're wondering why you're doing the things you're doing because you can't listen to that all day because that's what you're focusing on and then expect to do something different by coming to church an hour doesn't work same thing with tv same thing with movies there's nothing wrong with them i enjoy a good tv show a good movie but if we constantly are watching things that are putting the wrong example in front of us we're going to become like it whether we want to or not because whatever we focus on we're going to become because that's what we really worship. Maybe it's something you're reading that you know doesn't line up with the Bible, but you keep reading it because it's hot and it's a bestseller. And everybody's reading it, but you know the things that are in these books are not good for your life. And you're wondering why you're changing into a different person, because whatever you focus on, you will become like. Are you guys understanding what I'm saying tonight? And so we need to watch what we're focusing on. Whatever we worship, we will resemble for ruin or for restoration. We need to start looking at things that are healthy, like the Bible, like Jesus himself, and stop looking up to celebrities and people that don't have it figured out. How about you start looking up to some men and women of God who've done it the right way? That's somebody you want to become like, not Kim Kardashian. Sorry, you don't want to, trust me. Not an NFL star that gets caught for beating up his girlfriend. You don't want to do that. Not some rap star. Yeah, he's got money. Yeah, he's got clothes. Yeah, he's got cars. But you don't want to become like that. Or maybe it's some successful person. You know they make a lot of money, but their private life is horrible. You can't constantly put that in you and expect your life to go a different direction. Whatever we behold, we will become like. That's why Jesus says, you need to behold me, you need to focus on me, you need to look at me, because when you do, you're going to be transformed into that same image. And it's not just a natural transformation, it says the Spirit of God helps you transform into that image. And let me say before we we talk about this last thing, maybe the reason some of us are struggling is not... What, it, what we think it is, it could be we're just focusing on the wrong things and we're becoming like those things. We're listening to the wrong things. We're hearing the wrong things. We're around the wrong people. We're, we're focusing on people who are not going the direction that the Bible says to go, but we're looking up to those people because they're popular or they're celebrities or you think they have it going on, but you don't know those people. And trust me, this is not just a Corey message because I know you adults do the same thing too. You're just not as vocal about it. And so we got to realize we will become whatever we behold. So let's behold Jesus, let's behold him, because we're going to become whatever we worship. Now, lastly, we're going to talk about worship being the key to everything. Let's look over at Psalms 34. Psalm 34 in verse 9. You guys still here tonight? Psalm 34 in verse 9. And actually, I'm going to read this from the Message Bible, so it's not going to sound anything like probably what your Bible has. But you can just write that down and look it up later. Psalm 34 9 says, worship God if you want the best. Listen to this part. You might even shout on a Tuesday night. <laughs> Look at that. Worship opens doors to all his goodness. Worship God if you want the best. As in the message. It says worship opens doors to all his goodness. Now there's a reason I said worship is the key to everything. Because it says worship opens doors to all his goodness. Now this is written by David who is known more than anybody else in the Bible, David was a worshiper. We know that David was a man after God's own heart. David was a worshiper from the time he was little to the time he died. David was a worshiper, a God. And that's why favor was on his life. That's why God opened doors for David all the time. You realize pretty much other than Jesus, David is one of the most significant people in all the Bible. We still talk about David today because David was a worshiper of God. And it says, worship God if you want his best. I know all of us want his best. It says, worship God. Worship opens doors to all his goodness. So worship is the key to open the doors to the goodness of God in your life. We need to worship God if we want doors of his goodness open to us. We can't just sit at home and complain about life. We need to worship God and be thankful if you want some doors to open. We can't just keep complaining and being a victim and crying about our situation. You're not going to feel any better, and your situation is not going to get any better. But notice it says if you worship God, instead of complain, instead of act like you're a victim, if you start worshiping God, you'll start opening doors to your answers. You'll start opening doors to His goodness. You'll start opening doors to healing. You'll start opening doors to deliverance when you worship God. I know in my personal life, one of the, some of the most powerful times in my life has been during praise and worship. Even more than when somebody's preaching. And we honor the Word of God here, but some of the most powerful times in my life has been during praise and worship, not necessarily when somebody's preaching. Because worship does something for you different than just hearing the word of God. And it's with God directly. And worship opens doors to all his goodness. I remember a time that I'll share this real quick. quick, That we were at a, not summer camp, at winter retreat. This would be Roots, winter retreat. Haas was on drums. We were in the upper room at summer camp. It was an upper room, literally. Uh, This was one of the first times that Bruce was playing bass. This was one of the first times that Bruce entered in playing bass. Same night. Um, No, that was a really long time ago, so give him a break. He was okay. That night was one of the first times that you have ever sang with us. I wish I had a picture to show of you at that summer, uh, winter retreat. But I remember that night at a winter retreat, Roots. Some of you remember Roots. Roots and Fruits. Okay. Okay. We were in the upper room. Haas was on the drum kit. He had the little, uh, what do you call them? Clusters? Clusters. Not grapes. Clusters. Okay, he had the, cr- the, the clusters. The <laughs> clusters. He didn't have clusters. He had clusters. Haas was playing. This was the, one, some of the most anointed Haas drum playing of your entire life. Now, back during that period of time, uh, With Everything was the song. Now, it still is. If we wanted to bust out with everything, then we go give him with everything. There's no way to get past that song without you being soaking wet in sweat and giving God everything, and your your voice is just gone after, after the end of it because it's with everything. How else would you do that song? So that one night, this is one of many times, I remember that song kept building and building and building. I was like, this song, we're all going to leave our bodies right now. <laughs> It was just like Haas just going just crazy. Like an angel was probably playing with Haas that night. It was ridiculous. But I remember it was one of those times. Everybody was in unity. Everybody was in one accord. We were in an upper room. We didn't have 120 people, but close. And we kept singing that song and singing that song. And I remember it felt like that place just lifted off. And I felt like I was like coming out of my body. And I was like, Haas, we got to slow this song down. I'm about to go to heaven right now. And remember, I looked back at Bruce and he was just just drunk in the spirit, just crazy. I don't even know what he was doing. He was just out of it and like curled up in a fetal position playing bass. And I remember that night today. I just told you about it. It was one of those times. Notice it was in worship that will mark you the rest of your life. You remember the presence of God. You remember what he said to you. You remember that feeling that you felt like, God, I felt like Dr. DeFrame. Father, I can't go that far. I feel like I am going out of my body. We need to slow this song down. But it was one of those times you just kept building and building and building. But that happened in worship. Not necessarily during the message. You know what? I don't remember all the messages from Roots. Other than mine, Roots and Fruits. But I remember the worship. Because something special happens when you worship it. Notice, it opens doors to all God's goodness. Worship God if you want the best. Worship doors to all his goodness. Now, as we're closing here, you've got to understand that worship was a major thing in David's life. Worship took David from playing the fiddle with some sheep to being the king. Because he was a worshiper. And how many know there was more qualified people than David? The rest of his brothers. In the natural. It says that his brothers were better looking. They were taller. They were more qualified. They were smarter. But they weren't worshipers. So God couldn't use them. I'm preaching. I don't know if you're hearing me tonight. But David was a worshiper. So God could trust him. And he promoted David to being the king of Israel because he was a worshiper. You know, the one time he got in trouble is when he wasn't worshiping. But let me say this tonight. Even if you did get in trouble, even if you did mess up, when he worshiped God again, God restored it. And David still ended the right way. You know what? David did lose some things during that period of time in his life. But because he was a worshiper, God restored the kingdom to him. God restored honor to him. God restored riches to him. And we're still talking about him in 2016 in New Albany, Indiana. Because he was a worshiper. You know, there's two times to worship God. When you feel like it and when you don't. (laughs) Because whether you feel like it or not, he's still worthy to be worshipped. You know, the word worship comes from whatever you think is worthy, worth-ship. Whatever you think is valuable, that's what you worship. And since he worshiped God, God honored him. God even restored his life when he wasn't doing the right things because he was a worshiper. So whether we feel like it or not, it's still a good time to worship God. You know, praise is kind of... It's not super superficial, but praise is, is kind of one degree. It's kind of the outer courts, if we could use Old Testament words. But worship is different, it's deeper. Because a lot of people will praise God when everything's going right, but when everything's going wrong, their praise life is non-existent. Why? Because praise is based off of what God has done or is doing for me. But worship is deeper because you worship God for who He is, not what He's doing for you. So that's why, whether you feel like it or not, He's still worthy to be worshipped for the sheer fact that He is God. And you are not. For who God is, that he is sustaining the universe and he's sustaining your life. And he's given you every good and perfect gift. For that fact alone, whether he's actively doing something for you right then or not, he's still worthy to be worshipped. And that's what true worshipers are, not people that just worship God when they feel like it. And we all know this in here, when you feel like it, it's not necessarily when you need it the most. It's when you don't feel like it. Is when you really need to worship God. Because that is the answer. I'm preaching on Tuesday night. I don't know if you're here tonight. That is the answer to getting out of whatever you're in. Is worship. So especially. When you don't feel like it. You need to worship God. Especially when you don't feel like you need to praise God. Especially when you don't feel like it. You need to jump. Especially when you don't feel like it. You need to raise your hands. The more... That you worship God in those type of settings the quicker you will get out of it the quicker God will bring you through it why because the scripture says worship opens doors to all his goodness did you guys get anything tonight I feel like you guys want to be worshipers now so no that's the heart of this church, and that's my heart, that we would worship God like never before. When we feel like it and when we don't. Because worship opens doors to all His goodness. How do we create an atmosphere in here that people want to come to this church? Worshippers. That's how it happens. That's how the presence of God is here. It says when we praise God and we worship God, it says He sits in the middle of us. It says He's enthroned with our praise and our worship. We want the presence of God to be so strong in here, not just this Sunday, but every service, that when sinners and sick people and lame people and people that are addicted and people in in bondage come to this house, there is so much worship in this place. Nobody even has to pray for them. They get free. They get healed. They get saved just because this place is so full of worship. God's presence is changing people. So we need to be worshipers, because whatever we worship, we will become like. So you guys really want to come to that worship night next week, don't you? Next week, on a Thursday at 7 o'clock, worship night if you want to come. Let me pray for you tonight. Father, we just thank you for tonight. Father, we thank you for this service. And we just lift our hands right now. Come on, let's just stand up. We can't preach on worship without worshiping God for a moment here, can we? Let's just stand up for a moment. I want everybody to lift their hands up, whether you feel like it or not. And let's just start worshiping God with our mouth. Let's start praising God with our mouth. It says that we need to have...